0: following is a presentation of the Church of the Living God in Traverse City, Michigan. Well, good morning. This is Anthony coming at you live from Indiana. That's only partly true. I am in Indiana right now, but I am recording this thanks to Corbin's help uh, on Friday morning. There was someone else who was going to be bringing the sermon this weekend, but the flu has laid them low. And so in the process of trying to make sure we can get this covered at the last minute, felt like the best option was just for me to do something like this today. So uh, here we are. I'm going to talk today about being thankful. and Specifically, the title of my sermon is A Tougher Kind of Thankful. I've been thinking recently about the many ways in which I really feel blessed in my life. There's some things that are obvious to me. Uh, my family, my wife and my boys, And now my new daughter-in-law, as of this last summer, Uh, the church community that I'm in, uh, being in Costa Rica last week with Sheila and being able to be there and see the ministry and the different people who were there. I sometimes shake my head and just wonder at the many ways in which God has orchestrated my life to just give me the beautiful things that I have coming back to this church. It's always a great experience. I like going places and having new experiences. But this church community feels like home, and Traverse City feels like home. And I'm I'm often, and I've been more aware of this, I think, since my heart attack, just often conscious of how many blessings God has given me in my life. But I'm also conscious of the hardship of life. because Just because I'm more aware of the blessings doesn't mean that the difficulty of just being human Goes away, so I've been thinking about that some more these last couple weeks too. Uh, Stuff in the news: the California wildfires. I think fifty some people are dead now. It's the it's the deadliest wildfire in California history. That's coming not long after the hurricanes that really hit the Florida coast hard. Uh, reading about the caravan that's moving toward the U.S. from Honduras. And when I was over in Latin America hearing from their perspective about what's going on, it's a mixture of people who are very needy refugees. There's some opportunists. There's gang members mixing in. Uh, it looks like people who really need help, it's going to be ruined because of a, a lot of people bringing their own agendas to what's happening. Um, and that's a complicated situation no matter where you stand on it. I reading yesterday about the war in Yemen, a war I didn't even know was going on, but a war that's cost tens of thousands of lives in the last several years. And that's not including like 50,000 children who have starved because so many of the resources in Yemen are being diverted toward this war effort. So on the one hand, the news reminds us of the difficulty of life. But so do our lives. I suspect all of us in this room, there's something in our life that's happening now or that has happened recently that either is an ongoing hardship or has been a reminder of things we have gone through in life that are hard. Uh, My cousin right now, uh, who lives in Kansas, her husband just went through a horrific farm accident, just astonishing what he has survived. And now he's in a very slow but long process of recovering and it it's the reminder uh, that we probably don't need because we know it that life is hard and i i'm struck by a verse in scriptures in 1 thessalonians chapter 5 that gives us a challenge as christians and i think is one of the more daunting ones in scripture and i'm reading now from 1 thessalonians 5 beginning of verse 16. celebrate always Pray constantly and give thanks to God no matter what circumstances you find yourself in because this is God's will for all of you and Jesus the anointed. So always celebrate, always pray, give thanks to God no matter what the circumstance is. So I looked up the original language of this and it literally means give thanks to God no matter what circumstance you're in. There's nothing tricky about this particular definition. And this isn't Paul telling us that we have to be happy or to feel a certain way. This is the language of decision that no matter what circumstance we're in, there's something about uh, our discipleship with Christ that requires us to find the reasons to be thankful whatever circumstance. And Paul is a guy who could write this with authority. He spent a lot of time in prison. He was beaten. He was persecuted. Uh, The dude uh, he took his lumps as a follower of Christ, and he's writing to us, always be thankful, always celebrate. So when we talk about thanksgiving in a biblical sense or being thankful, once again, we're not talking about necessarily feeling happy. We're talking about some type of decision we make, and I think it's a commitment to finding God in our story. It's easy in the moments I talked about at the beginning of this when life is going really well and our blessings are clear, that's an easy thing to do, and it's appropriate to do then. But the greater challenge that Scripture offers us is how to do this even when life is really hard. That's during bankruptcy, during divorce, when death hits our life in some way, when there's illness, depression, loneliness, pain, suffering. I could go through quite a list, and the biblical command is celebrate always, pray constantly, And give thanks to God no matter what circumstance you're in. So I think that thankfulness is three things. First of all, it's thankfulness for salvation and sanctification. What I mean by that is thankfulness for Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, that our sins can be forgiven, that we can have life now and eternity in Christ and with Christ. And that sanctification is just this ongoing process in our life, that God who begins a good work in us is faithful to continue working. So I think that's the first thing that we're thankful for, no matter the circumstance. Because no matter what's happening to us, the reality of Jesus' death and resurrection, the reality of salvation and sanctification, is enough to make us thankful. As Paul says at one point, God's grace is sufficient. And I think the idea there was no matter what's going on, the reality of grace is a sufficient reason for me to be thankful. Uh, The second reason is that um, God is in this process of transforming us into the image of Christ. This is an ongoing thing. No matter the circumstance we're in, God is at work doing this transformation. So I can be thankful for that. But then third, I think it's also realizing that in the kingdom of God, there's, there's always reasons to be thankful. Uh, the Bible says that those who are called according to God's purpose God will work all things for their good. And the idea here is that those of us who are followers of Christ, who are in his will, when things happen to us, God is going to use those things purposefully to accomplish something that is good from an eternal perspective in our lives. And this doesn't suggest that God's goal is to take away all pain from us. It's a promise that God is faithful and that the things that I am going through, they're not so big that they stump God. He isn't up in the heavens wringing his hands and wondering what to do when we face a particular situation. He's present. He's active. There is a good in the eternal perspective of God's kingdom that God will work in his children who are in his will. So I've been challenged by this over the years because it's easy for me to get distracted, especially when things that are difficult in my life. And I can forget to be thankful. I can become... Uh, a complainer pretty easily if I'm not careful. I was reading a short poem a while ago by a Japanese poet. He wrote this. My barn having burned to the ground, I can now see the moon. I thought that was brilliant. I mean, the barn burning to the ground is a big deal, especially if you're a farmer. There's a lot there. And one option is to simply be in despair of the barn burning down. But the other option is to see Is there something good that's behind this? And in his case, he said, hey, I can now see the moon. I saw some similar quotes from Christians throughout history. Matthew Henry, who is famous for writing commentaries on Scripture, he once wrote this after he was robbed. I thank thee first, and that's thanking God. I thank thee first because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they did not take my life. And third, although they took my all, it wasn't much. And fourth, because it was I who robbed, and not I who robbed. Fanny Crosby, who was a blind hymn writer, once wrote, What a happy soul I am, that although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I shall be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and to sigh because I'm blind? I cannot, and I won't. So on Thanksgiving, I try to use it as a reminder to take Paul seriously about giving thanks to God no matter the circumstances of my life and to revisit times in my life where my barns have burned, where the challenge for me is to see the moon behind it and see through the smoke and the dust and see the light of the sun, even if it's reflected on the moon, uh, shining into my life and giving me blessings that uh, I can fail to see because I'm distracted by the hardship around me and my goal as I've thought it o- about it over the years is that I want to be a tougher kind of thankful not just thankful of the good times but thankful in all times even in the chapters in my life where it's hard for me to see God at work the Bible assures me that God is at work so how do I see this? So I've been trying to make this kind of a spiritual discipline in my life for the last number of years, and I have this running list I keep of things that have happened in my life that there was something about it that was not good, that was was painful, was scarring, that hurt in some fashion, but that as I look back over my life, I realize that God was faithful in his blessings in the midst of these things. I, I think of what David wrote in one of the Psalms, he gave this whole list of things in the beginning of the Psalms that were hard in his life. And then he makes the turn, and he says, and yet I will praise him. David didn't forget those things. He didn't pretend like they didn't happen. He made a decision, yet I will praise him, yet I will be thankful. And I've been discovering in my own life that this habit of discipline refocuses me on Christ in a way that changes my outlook on what's happening around me, but also changes my outlook on God as I realize his faithfulness in the midst of all these situations. So I'm going to give you a list this morning, and I don't know if you picked up notes. I've got this list on the notes, uh, and it might be easier to stay focused. I don't know if you are able to have that in front of you. But I'm giving you this list not because my life's amazing and you need to learn something from that, I'm giving you this list simply because I have found this discipline to be very helpful in my life in reorienting reorienting my mind and my heart into thankfulness toward God in the midst of everything that life throws my way. So I'm hoping what this can do is not focus on me, but it can inspire or encourage you to see things in your life this Thanksgiving season that might be things you're not inclined to be thankful for. It might give you good reason to not be thankful for a particular part, and yet to find in the midst of it the faithfulness of God and see where he has given you reasons to continue being thankful. So I'm going to give you my list, and at the end I'm going to be encouraging you to uh, maybe think about writing your own in this. So here we go. This is kind of chronological beginning from when I was young. I'm thankful that as a five-year-old, my loyal dog killed a rabid rat that was chasing me across our dry Alabama lawn. I'm thankful that when my dog got rabies, my dad put her down because not every child has a dad who is there to protect them. I'm thankful that God used the time I was ridiculed for being fat to create empathy in me for the ridiculed and the overlooked around me. I'm thankful that moving eight times in three states by the time I was fifteen was taught me to be kind to strangers in strange lands. I'm thankful that my parents raised turkeys because that was one thing to cross off my list early on. I'm thankful that when I cut my toes off in a lawnmower, I didn't have to learn how to find my balance all over again. I'm thankful that when Sheila and I disagree about my schedule, it means that she loves me enough to covet my time. I'm thankful when the boys need my money that I have boys to whom I can give money, and that I have money to give my boys, even though it's probably never as much as they were hoping for. But you should be thankful anyway, boys. I'm thankful that when Ohio State loses to Michigan next weekend, everyone who rubs it in will be my friends. I'm thankful that when Sheila and I have times of deep conflict, that they have become times of deep honesty. I'm thankful that hard times have helped us, that is Sheila and I, to understand grace and mercy and forgiveness and hope and sacrifice and love more deeply than we ever imagined that we would. I'm thankful that when my dad died, he was present with the Lord. I'm thankful that grief makes hope that much sweeter. I'm thankful that overwhelming grief is temporary. But I'm also thankful that lingering, bittersweet memories remain because it reminds us how much we love those whom we have lost. I'm thankful that my boys have completely opposite personalities that keep me on my toes because it means I have boys to keep me on my toes, and it means I still have toes. That's back to the lawnmower, lawnmower joke. I'm thankful that my small house showed that my oldest son, A.J., was the kind of young man who was content to call a closet with a curtain a bedroom. I'm thankful that in the midst of struggling with speech, Braden loves the power of words enough to call it the gift of stuttering. And I'm just going to step out of this list just a second. I asked Braden a couple years ago when I was doing this if he would say something about what I mean by that, and this is what Braden wrote. Stuttering is my strength and my weakness, my builder and my destroyer. It pushes me into the fire and in the process refines me. It's my worst enemy and my best friend. It's the monster that hunts me and the warrior that shields me. Stuttering is the ultimate paradox, an oxymoron, an anomaly. It might as well be the father tucking you in and the monster under your bed. The sad part is most people only see it as the destroyer, as the monster, as the enemy, and they fight against it tooth and nail. But the people that see it as their builder, as their strengthener, and as their guardian often forget to confront the emotions buried deep inside of them. And that's why stuttering is everything I ever wanted and everything I ever hated. But it's who I am. And Braden will tell you if you talk with him that though it's been a hurdle, It's been a part of his life that has really refined him and helped to make him the person he is. And I appreciate Braden's perspective, and I appreciate his letting me use this. I'm thankful that the part of Vincent's personality that once turned my hair gray is the same part that makes me marvel at the limitless wonder and creativity of a child. I'm thankful that my knee and foot and shoulder surgeries have forced me to find an identity apart from sports, and they remind me daily that one day, the corruptible will put on the incorruptible. I'm thankful that my ADD gives me days of brilliance to offset weeks of confusion. I'm thankful that my heart attack has reminded me of the value of being alive. I'm thankful that my heart attack reminded me that if something happened to me, My wife and my boys are in a community that will take care of them. I'm thankful for emotional and physical scars because only the living form them. I'm thankful that my new normal, my post-heart attack normal, has reminded me what a blessing my wife is and what a gift my children are and how amazing my church community is and that life is beautiful even when it's confusing and hard. I'm thankful that in the midst of two major health crises in the past eight years, and a multitude of ways in which my failures as a person and a pastor have been obvious. I'm in a church family that patiently loves me. I'm thankful that conflict within church community reminds me that we're still in community and we're the kind of people willing to walk through it than run away from it. I'm thankful that I live in Gronn, because I never knew before I lived there how to put a stand on your roof so you can shoot squirrels. I'm thankful that deer are graceful and beautiful, because at least they inspire awe when I can't avoid hitting them in my van. I'm thankful that when my cat steps on my face in the middle of the night, and honestly, I really tried to find something to finish that, and I've got nothing. Um, so let's just move on. I'm thankful that elections remind me that God's kingdom is not of this world, and that my Savior does not reside in a governmental building. I'm thankful that the airlines got my bags to me a day late when we got to Costa Rica because Delin lent me some clothes, and I got to keep them, and they're cooler than mine. I'm thankful that the budget at our house and the church reminds me that money is not the answer. I miss my dad, but I'm thankful that I have a stepdad, And that my mom has found another man who loves her and that she is safe. I'm thankful that my sins have driven me to the grace of God. I'm thankful that even death cannot stop the life that Jesus offers to us. And I'm thankful that the dust of life's trials and the smoke of sin's ruin have not obscured the light of the sun. So now it's your turn. I'd, I'd love to hear your list sometime, and in fact, if you go to Message Plus after the sermon, Paul Cashel will be there, and I would encourage you to talk about this whole topic of thankfulness, maybe times in your life where thankfulness has been easy, but also times in life where your barn has burned down, and you've had to work through that spiritual discipline of seeing the moon shining behind it, where you've seen God's grace and faithfulness and goodness at work, even in the midst of things that might have threatened to overwhelm you. If you've got stories to tell, uh, I would encourage you to be a part of that discussion after the service. Maybe you're someone who's in a place in life right now where it's very hard to see, how can I be thankful to God? How can I praise and pray in the midst of what I'm going through? Maybe this is a good opportunity for you to join them, hear what other people are saying about how God has been faithful in their life. Uh, as an encouragement and an inspiration for ways to be thankful this holiday season. This has been a presentation of the Church of the Living God. For more information, please visit us at clgonline.org.